0: is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is most certainly true. Jesus is alive and death is dead. His tomb is empty and our hearts are full. His promises are fulfilled. The victory has been won. Easter brings fullness and life and joy and meaning and hope into our lives and brings them in fullest measure. Our songs of Alleluia will never end. Join us to worship our risen Lord with this Easter sermon recently delivered at Grace.
1: The Holy Gospel for the day, Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, it serves as the basis for my sermon. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side Be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The Gospel of the Lord. 1,500 tornadoes have hit Wisconsin since 1950. That's an average of a little more than 21 per year, causing great damage. Nearly 100 people were killed. Over 1,600 people have been injured. April 1965, three dead. 35 injured west of Exonia. April 1981, five dead, 53 injured near West Bend. April 1984, an outbreak of tornadoes swept across nearly the entire state, several dead, many injured. Millions of dollars of damage. June 1984, that same year, nine dead, 200 injured, 103 homes damaged or destroyed at Barneveld. July 1996, probably the costliest tornado in the previous century, struck at Oakfield. God be praised and thanked, no one was killed. 12 were injured, $40 million in damages. August 1998, a Door County tornado whipped up a water spout that moved off the bay and hit the shore southwest of Egg Harbor cutting and carving a path a quarter mile wide, two, only two fortunately, were injured. August 2005, several tornadoes were recorded on the same day, moving in a swath from Dane County into Jefferson County, the highest intensity at Stoughton between Janesville and Wisconsin. With a path a half a mile wide, 240 homes damaged or destroyed, $44 million of damage, one person killed, 23 injured. Debris from Stoughton, Wisconsin, was found later on two counties to the east. Storms can be terrifying. Lightning flashed, thunder cracked, jolting you awake. You pulled the covers over your head, rolled over, and hoped to drift back into dreamland. But the howling wind caused your windows to continue rattling. You grabbed your phone, checked the weather app, saw the storm warning, and hustled to the basement. Ever been in a big storm like that? A really big storm? The Sea of Galilee is about the same size as Lake Winnebago to our north. The Sea of Galilee, however, lies nearly 800 feet below sea level, and every once in a while, cold wind from the mountains to the north clashes with the warm air of the lake, causing unexpected and furious storms to pop up, and that was the case in today's gospel that I read for you earlier from Mark's gospel in chapter 4. Jesus had been all day in the busy fishing and commercial center on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee, talking, telling, teaching crowds and crowds and crowds about God's love for sinners. By evening, the pressure of the crowd and the day-long preaching had taken its toll. He was exhausted. He said to his first followers, "'Let's go to the other side.'" And the Gospel writer tells us, taking him as he was, they went off in a boat. To go to the other side meant that Jesus intended to cut across the northern half of the sea to its eastern shore, which was more secluded and quieter. But no sooner had they gotten to the middle of the lake when, sure enough, a furious squall crept up unexpectedly. Fierce winds churned the water. Whitecaps crashed against the boat. Water splashed in. The gospel writer tells us that they were nearly swamped. Hey, Matthew, grab that rope and pull it. Well, James, you know that I'm a financial guy and a land lover. I don't know exactly what to do. You do it. You're the fisherman. Well, at least, Matthew, grab a bucket and help us bail out because we're going down. Icy fingers of fear gripped Their heart, their guts were churning as the boat rocked and swayed up and down the swells. And where was Jesus? Sleeping on a cushion in the back of the boat, perfectly calm and content, resting in the protecting arms of his loving Heavenly Father. The disciples rushed to him, shook him, and woke him up. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? If you're going to be our leader, you won't let us plunge into Davy Jones' locker, will you? A king can order his servants to prepare a feast. They obey promptly. A general can issue a command to his troops and he can start an attack with one word. But no one has the power of words like the words of Jesus. He didn't jump up and down and wave his arms. He didn't jump into some special incantation or hocus-pocus gibberish. He wasn't waving a wand. He stood up in the boat, calm, cool, collected, in control. And he spoke to the wind and the waves, be quiet, be still. And the Bible writer says, it was the wind died down and it was completely calm. Lots of people are willing to concede that there is some kind of higher power or God, if they will use the word, out there somewhere, but they are under the mistaken notion and have developed this goofy idea that God is some unseen force far, far away, way out beyond the stratosphere, and only occasionally will issue a command to intersect with the earth, sort of like a puppeteer pulling strings. Not so. Jesus is real and he is right here exercising his divine power on our behalf. You remember, you remember what he said before he made himself invisible to be everywhere. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Ask the young person who has tramps around Europe for several weeks on a shoestring. Who brought you home safely? Ask the young couple at the birth of a baby, who gave you this miracle? Ask the couple who has weathered more than five decades of the storms of marriage, who gave you the patience and the forgiveness to get over the struggles and the tensions. When Jesus spoke his powerful word, to the storm, he demonstrated that he has the power to protect and preserve us through all the storms of life that may surround us. We can boldly call out when any storm of life comes our way, Jesus, calm the storm! Because we know that he has both the power and the heart to do so. When, when the storm of social injustice assaults your sense of security, When the typhoon of tension attacks your relationships, when the gale of social media gossip gashes your reputation, when the downpour of disappointment drenches your family, then join the Apostle Paul and call out, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom because Jesus knows how to answer our plea. Jesus, calm the storm!" After he calmed the storm on this lake, you'd think that the disciples would sit back and relax and enjoy the glide to their destination. That wasn't the case. There still was a storm brewing but it wasn't from around them the winds and the wave the wind and the waves it was a storm on the inside they were filled with fear jesus put his finger on it and he knew what their problem was why are you so afraid he asked them do you still have so little faith you have no faith the bible writer tells us that these disciples were terrified because they recognized they were in the presence of the only one who had the power over even wind and wave You and I, sailing on life's boat, smooth sailing, things going well, and all of a sudden, the volume knob gets turned up to ear-splitting decibel levels as family squabbles escalate. A common illness we thought we could just get over with a little antibiotics, turns out to be not, and further investigation identifies a tumor. The company that bought out yours is bought out by still another company and suddenly you're on the outside looking in. Kids, grab all of your intention, whether you are praying to have them and it has not as yet happened, or whether you are running to the emergency room more than you are to the soccer field and the gym. Gas prices and taxes soar, income stays the same. All of these things are storms on the outside, around us, that can whip up the big storm on the inside. And like Jesus' first followers, it is that big storm on the inside that is the worst. It has hurricane-like power and wildfire spreadability. It's called sin. It is not a disease that can be cured with some medicine. It is not a defect that we can overcome. It is deadly. It haunts our dreams at night and howls through the evening. It rattles the windows of our consciences. And worse yet, it deserves it deserves the flaming lightning of God's anger, the holy boom of his thunderous call, guilty, and the pelting rain of his unending frown from which we cannot bail ourselves out, and to which we have to admit that there is no evacuation, but only damnation. You and I admitted with the Bible writer earlier in worship, we said it together, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Be honest, and recognize your sin, and you will then understand what the worst storm is, the storm on the inside, but that's actually, that's actually a good thing to recognize that because it's the beginning of the answer to the big question that's before us today why God does what he does and especially why he allows storms in our life including big ones on the outside like the loss of a loved one and the biggest one on the inside called sin. God allows those to happen so that we don't end up in ignorance but understand reality of our real problem the storm on the inside and when we do that's the only time when we will finally be able to recognize that Jesus power to calm storms means something special to us you didn't intend it but sure enough the words zipped out of your lips too quickly you know that you shouldn't have been so hurtful or careless and you know you should have been considering your friend's feelings first but know your perceived need to let your lips flap and to let your opinions fly took over and there now you sit stewing in a cyclone of self-criticism in a hurricane of self-hate In a tornado of a tormented conscience, as your mind is spinning, what am I going to do? How can I make this better? How can I repair the damage? Yes, offering a genuine, sincere, and appropriate apology is the right thing, but before that even goes, start with the plea, Jesus, calm the storm, and he answers your plea and will answer your plea. More quickly than he did when he stood up in a storm-tossed boat on Galilee Sea and said to the wind and wave, Be quiet, be still, because he says to you and to me, be of good cheer. Your sins are gone from God's sight. The Son of God took on human flesh and experienced all the storms of life. He did that not so much to be a model on how we are to handle them, but to point us to what he did about the biggest storm, sin, that is a turmoil inside of us. With his forgiving word of love, with his message of forgiveness, we develop cope-ability to deal with the storms on the outside knowing that all those who trust in Jesus will indeed still end up with him in heaven and to cope with the storm on the inside, which is what forgiveness is for, that storm of sin and guilt, because we hear our God saying to us, be still, be still, for I am your God. And with that, we have the confidence, we have the confidence to sing whether there are storms around us or even the big one in us. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. And please stand. Let's join with Christians around the globe to confess our Christian faith. The Apostles' Creed, page 12 of the service folder. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace, or to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, visit www.gracedowntown.org. This grace is for you.
1: The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.